it's continuously practicing empathy and emotional intelligence to understand and connect with your team members on a different level, right? For them to simply feel seen and heard and valued and appreciated for who they are, not just what they do for you. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn Gregory, and you're on Gut Plus Science. You're in for a fast-paced, storytelling, action-item-rich leadership growth experience. I hope you make this podcast a habit. I consider it a leadership mentoring tool. Learning together makes us better together, and that is how we change the world around us. Let's get to it. So today, one of my soul sisters is joining me, and this is another well-passed guest for Gut Plus Science, but all in perfect timing. Jennifer Jiff Chapman leads Just Commit Coaching and is deeply rooted to her cause. She had a life-changing event turn her life upside right and took her down a completely different path of making impact on this world. And so, Jiff, we can't skip over that story that's really going to lead us into everything because it's completely changed your life. So give us a quick version of the life shift you've experienced over the past decade. Yeah, first of all, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here with you. I'm a corporate sales gal by background, spent 16 years in sales and took my first leap of faith, leaving one industry of 10 years going into my next level of sales and professionalism and leadership in 2015 and had the best year of my career in 2016, was on a high, was in the top 10% of the organization when it came to sales. And in that moment, literally two days later, I turned 34 and had this epiphany, had the first aha moment I think I've ever had realizing that I was the same age my mom was when she passed away. So she was 34. So it was really just kind of a different type of birthday. Honestly, I was on a professional high yet this massive moment of like, oh my gosh, she was so young when she passed, right? I was 11. And so it stuck with me that next year as I was trying to continue to climb the ropes in the sales realm and trying to hit another president's club and put a ton of pressure on myself. And my body was keeping tabs of all of that. And in March of 2017, while in corporate sales, I suffered a life-changing stroke. And that was six and a half years ago. Wow. That could be a whole episode in and of itself, actually a whole podcast. So for those people that are just curious about a corporate sales leader that shifted and built a brand new business and just took a leap of faith to do what she's doing, there's your opportunity to reach out and get to know her. Jeff, I know we had prepped for this episode and you had the opportunity to choose really one speaking area for us to spend our time and you chose walk the walk. So tell us why. I think that true leaders and the best leaders out there aren't just telling their people what to do and how to do it. It's that they've done it. I don't believe that leaders should just tell a team member what to do if they haven't done it or are doing, haven't done it in the past, and they know that it can potentially work for them. And so the best leaders I've had, and maybe we'll talk about that, certainly walk their walk every day. And that exudes through them in every single way. Absolutely. When we say walk the walk, I think self-awareness and the best leaders that I know are self-aware. They are good at that. And I think it's a muscle to build that. But how does a leader really assess how they're currently showing up to get a true baseline or regular check-ins to really know how they're showing up. Self-awareness is an ongoing practice, right? You don't just become self-aware and then it stops. They're doing things every single day to continue to heighten their self-awareness. I believe the best leaders are open-minded to receiving all the feedback. So they know then, okay, this is working for me. I've received that feedback. 
this isn't working for me. I can also receive that feedback and be open to changing how I'm going to lead moving forward. So I think being open to feedback from not only their peers, their leaders, potential stakeholders, whoever they have surrounded themselves with, really listening and taking that and not feeling criticized for it, but just hearing it with an open mind and heart and saying, I've got this. Now I'm open to shifting and pivoting and whatever that looks like. And you work with a number of leaders that are committed to their growth. That's what your business is all about. So self-awareness has to be core in all of your conversations. When you think of an example of a leader that is regularly getting true, great feedback, what does that look like? Are they using certain tools? Is there a certain practice for how they have relationships with others to get that? Like bring that to life. I think it's asking really great questions, being introspective, always really checking in. Even if it's not every day, every week, like what are my core values? Am I living my core values? And are they aligned with the organization that I'm representing? It shows when you're out of alignment in some capacity, whether you're making a decision that your gut or your heart, something's telling you this isn't the right decision, but maybe I'm doing it to potentially please someone else or satisfy someone else or something else versus really staying true to who you are and what you believe. I think that's huge. So agree with that. And I like how you just brought to light that it's really a mix of our own personal check-in. Are we walking the walk of our authentic self? Only we really know that. But then there's opportunities for things that we don't see that others can shine a light on that are such a gift for us to be able to be aware of because they saw it and we didn't see it. Going down that path, you said self-awareness is an ongoing practice. And first up, we have to be open to it. What holds leaders back from getting in that rhythm or accepting that, making that a practice? What is that barrier that you see in many? I think there's multiple reasons why they don't, why they're holding back. And I would be curious too from male versus female when it comes to this, because I think ego can play a huge part in that. And ego is protection mechanism and it can be beneficial, but is it also a pride thing for potentially men and women, I guess I would be curious your thoughts on this with regards to not accepting what their flaws and weaknesses are, not wanting to acknowledge those, which are some of your hugest lessons from your weaknesses, fear of feedback, not knowing how to handle that feedback, lack of self-reflection, very external versus being internal about it. Those are a couple that come to mind. Lack of emotional intelligence, lack of the empathy. And so much of this, Nikki, just comes back to self. You can't be empathetic with someone or show compassion or love if you haven't done that for yourself. Again, that's walking your walk. That's really good. And I think about the times where something rocks me and I question myself and I'm not as confident as I want to be. When that's the case, I'm not as open to feedback or I'm not as open to talking about my challenges and flaws. So I think it goes back to like, what are the things that we do every day to build ourselves, our personal practices, to have that confidence and belief? Actually, really, I think in the core of all of it, it's who am I? Why am I? And once we know who am I and why am I, there's sometimes things outside that impact the way we see ourselves or something, but you go back to like, wait a second, why am I here? What are my core values? What am I about? And then that recenters us. Yeah, and well said. And I just acknowledge you for your own heightened self-awareness because it sounds like you're at least aware enough to know, okay, if something rocked me and I'm not feeling confident right now, I know I'm then not going to show up as authentically as I want to be because there's something hindering me, but I'm going to get to it. 
assess it, acknowledge it, find a way to move forward with it. Yeah. And so it's like, here's the core theme right now. It's all about us getting right with us. It's all about us having these core practices and habits that keep us stable and healthy to be able to embrace all of these other things and then ripple effect impact on others, which is leadership. That's so good. So how do you encourage leaders to build that and groom themselves into that confident and open to feedback person? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things that come to mind for me. One, again, is regularly aligning the actions that you want to take with your purpose and with the company's purpose and mission. Alignment is a big word. And I think that personally and professionally, it's got to be aligned. It's somewhat of a shared, bigger picture here, a bigger purpose as to why you do what you do. It's continuously practicing empathy and emotional intelligence to understand and connect with your team members on a different level, right? Not just when you have one-to-ones with someone, them coming in your office and expecting to knock out your three lists of to-dos, action steps with them and you dismissing them. It's really getting present in the moment with each team member and for them to simply feel seen and heard and valued and appreciated for who they are, not just what they do for you. They will continue to want to step into your office and share all the things both personally and professionally when you share those parts of you as well. And that's what I loved about a couple of leaders that I've had is that it wasn't just, yep, going into Monday, check in with my list of to-dos. He was the one to pause and check in with me as a person and what I had going on outside of work. You know, I always talk about how relationships trump everything else. Like if we have those relationships, people are open to then share how they're really doing. And it's not a postured thing. And it's like, how do you spend the time authentically, not about what you're doing and I'm doing, but who we be to have that relationship first? A word that comes to mind for me with all of this is trust. That's what you're doing. When I was in corporate sales, whether I was selling wine, floor mats, or education with regards to home health, I was building trust with these people. I felt like they had to trust me before they were going to trust anything that I was going to sell them. And that worked for me in so many ways. There's so much evidence of that. What I loved about one of my leaders, and we'll go further into this, is that every week when we had to share our wins around the table, all of us as a team, a lot of times when you're at this corporate level, it was all about the number, right? What did you sell the week before? What was that number? A couple of times I had a tough week and I didn't even want to talk about it because I was maybe embarrassed. It was a really bad week. There's nothing I really want to reflect on here. He would be the one to say, no, share a win with me. There's something there. What did you learn? Right. Maybe you landed an appointment with someone that you've been trying to call for four months and they finally said yes. That's a win. And so it was building on those types of wins outside of just what was the number that you sold last week? So that has stuck with me. That's good. Just such a building mechanism. If we're recognizing the positive, it just builds people. And maybe a challenge is just to think about how do you apply this scenario that Jeff just shared about sharing our numbers and our takeaways from last week. And it's like, even when the numbers weren't there, but what was that nugget that helped me advance or that relationship that I built, but it didn't turn into a number yet. How do you apply that in other areas to be able to elevate things? It was always about celebrating the small wins. It didn't have to be big because once you celebrate the small wins, you will continue to find the small wins that maybe six months ago you had no idea was a win. I'm curious some of your favorite coaching questions that help leaders do true, deep self-reflection. There's a few that I've captured. And I think a really great question to start with is what does success as a leader look like to you, both personally and professionally? 
I think you've got to know that. And I think that the definition of success can certainly look different depending on what type of leader you are, what type of organization you're leading, and to not compare your definition of success to someone else's definition of success. Because I think there's certainly more than one. We've touched on this a little bit, but knowing your core values that drive you to that level of success is huge. What feedback have you received as a leader that helped transform you as a leader is powerful. Another great question is what legacy do you want to leave behind as a leader? Who do you want to be? That's a huge self-reflection question. And getting really clear on that is going to potentially open up a lot of doors for you. Yeah. And let's not overlook the power in taking time for this kind of work for your own self-reflection and just seeing the journey of where you were and where you came. I mean, that's a great builder. Just blocking that time, you know, when we're walking the walk, a lot of times it's like just fast paced, go, go, go. What's future focused? And just a good takeaway is block time for this. Yes. Pretty much every day, even if it's 10 minutes, asking yourself a question to help continue to get those juices flowing. So share some core principles and habits like daily self-reflection that you would just recommend from a tactical perspective. Here are some things that you could put in your toolbox to just constantly polish your practice, knowing that you had said in the beginning, like, there's no finish line. We don't arrive. We're constantly working. Any other practices to mention? I think a great practice for some of the leaders that I've met that I know are doing this and doing it really well, that's working for them, is finding some sort of peer networking group like a mastermind or whether it's once a month or once a quarter, surrounding yourself with other leaders of all the different industries, different titles. So I don't think title matters as much, but certainly discussing amongst yourselves best practices and what's working for your team and how did you go from point A to point B. And again, that's a really great self-reflection practice and also doing it around other peers to kind of share. Because maybe you didn't realize like, oh yeah, this has really worked for us. And now to really be able to say it out loud and to know, oh, not everyone else is doing this. What a great way to share that type of well. I love that. In community with others. Yeah. yeah. Powerful. And the best leaders prioritize themselves in a non-selfish way, right? Because self-care is a necessity, not a luxury. And the best ones take that time, no matter what else is on their plate. They're going to make no excuse for saying, I have to do this because if I don't, it's going to affect everyone else around me. It's going to affect my partner, my kids, my team, the people above me or around me, everybody. It's truly filling your own cup first because whatever's in that cup is going to pour out onto everybody else. Totally. I think you said something really important to reiterate is self-care, investing in ourselves is not a luxury. I grew up thinking that way. Different generations have thought differently about this. And now I feel like we're much more progressive in how we think and how important it is. You think of the different areas of your life. So your health, it's not a luxury to go to the gym. Some gyms are a little bit more luxurious than others, but it's not a luxury to spend time with exercise as a block on your calendar. It should be a must. Like that is for your whole well-being. You think of breaks for coaching sessions or counseling sessions to help you get better when I get all this stuff done, I'm going to do that. This needs to be a priority in the midst of that, not after the to-do list gets done, because the to-do list is going to flow so much better when you're healthy in your mind and body and when you overcome things that are holding you back. But I think that that's a reframe that many people, I think I still work on it. I still work on, wait, am I worthy of taking this chunk of time for this? 
yes, it's not in my natural being because I didn't grow up that way. So I really challenged myself. So I just wanted to throw that out, challenging everybody to do that. Yeah. And if I can just acknowledge what a powerful question you ask yourself that I would encourage every leader to ask when you're in that moment of pause is questioning, am I worth it enough to do this? At the root of every single thing and every piece of who we are as human beings is our worth, period. Men and women. Women are just a little bit more vulnerable enough in acknowledging that. Man, once you acknowledge that, then you can do something about it. So I encourage any men out there wrestling with that idea. Are you worth it? And you are. It's believing that you are enough to say, yeah, if I choose to just knock out the next five things on my list versus take 30 minutes for a walk outside, am I going to be a better human being to then do those five things after I go for my walk versus just cranking out the next five things and potentially hurting your own headspace and mental and emotional well-being and how you approach others? The care for yourself. Yeah, it's never just about the physical when you take any type of movement. Yep. So storytelling time, I'd love if you could highlight a leader that you see walk the walk well and break down what you've seen them do to be that exceptional leader. Three come to mind. I'm very blessed that I've had several great leaders in my career. Two were at the corporate organization Centos, where I spent four and a half years. One was my direct leader, Ryan Gard, if I may say his name. Tremendous, the best leader I've ever had. He always made all of us feel like people, humans, and not his sales reps. Shout out to Ryan. Shout out to Ryan. I trusted him so much. I believed in him so much. And therefore, he believed in me more than sometimes I believed in myself. He's a huge reason why I hit the level of his success there that I did was because of him. Same company. She was our VP of our region at the time, the first female VP at Centos ever which was in 2016, was Wendy May. And she is now running a whole separate division of Centos called Design Collective. So it's kind of their higher end offerings that they have. She's running the entire thing for the entire country. What I loved so much about her is that in every single speaking engagement she had with us, whether she was coming to visit our location as a team or she was speaking to 300 of us all over the region, she was extremely vulnerable and transparent with her roller coaster ride of how she got to where she got. And at the time in 2016, she was the first and only woman that I knew and heard that talked about her life coach in every single engagement I had with her. And she had had her for nine years at the time then. So to know, she talked about her, what she called her bathroom floor moment. She didn't know what next step to take. She didn't know what to do next. She had two small kids, all the things. She would share all that. And it just made her human. It made us feel like, okay, we're not alone. Yeah. Okay. We've had our bathroom floor moments and it's okay to say that out loud. It was powerful. Such an opportunity to connect human to human when we share those things. It was. So Jeff, before we break, I want you to tell us about your favorite tools that you use in your work. Those tools that help leaders tap in deeper to their authentic self and help you work along them to make greater impact. I believe the best tool that I know and now have in my tool belt is to help someone define their why. I was first introduced to Simon Sinek while I was at Centos. Again, another reason why I loved Ryan Gard so much as a leader was that he would go around the table and ask us, do you know why you get out of bed every day? And that was in 2016. That was before my health scare and all of that. I didn't have a reason. I didn't know. It was very extrinsic for me. It was like I was chasing the money, the incentives, the trips, the rewards. And I was like, I knew it was bigger than that. And I love my husband, but he's not why I get out of bed every day. 
but I couldn't define it. And I would see other people define it. I am now certified with the Y Institute because it's such a powerful tool to put words and language to why someone does what they do. Not only that, for you to now know your team's intrinsic why, why they do what they do, because it's potentially different from yours. So it just really helps bring clarity. It helps break down any communication barriers you're having. It's a very powerful tool. I love that tool as well. Our team took this discovery together to understand our why, our how, and our what. And we are constantly tapping into that. And then we do a lot with Gallup Strength stuff. Going back to what we were saying in the beginning, when you know your why, why you're here. And when you know that, you can evaluate, am I authentically showing up to serve my why? And it just helps with everything else so that you don't have those lack of confidence times as much or don't get rocked as easily by a situation. If you're not familiar with that, I highly recommend. I'm so glad that you're certified now. I'm based in Indiana and so are you, but we never had anyone in our local area. So yay, it's you. I'm excited. I'm excited too. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break and hear from a sponsor message real quick and come back to our lightning round where we get to learn a little bit more about the personal side of you and It's going to be fun. We'll be right back. Shout out to the Talent Talks podcast by Titus. Show host Jonathan Reynolds, CEO of Titus Talent, brings a unique blend of fun, humor, and passion. Jonathan's vibrant energy shines through the microphone as he engages with every guest live, creating a captivating synergy. Jonathan collaborates with each guest to delve into topics that empower leaders to make optimal hiring and engagement decisions from a people first lens. You got to give this podcast a try. Talent Talks. All right. I'm back with Jennifer Chapman, aka GIF, and we are going to dive into our lightning round. So truth be told on our lightning round, no one knows these questions in advance to prepare. So except for if you've listened to the show in the past five years, you know that we always ask this first question. What is your favorite book of all time or a favorite recent read that you think our leadership audience would like to know about? The one that comes to mind first for me is by Dr. John Deloney called Own Your Past, Change Your Future. He's a former Harvard professor, I believe, and he has his own podcast, of course, but he has such a unique perspective on what is holding us back as human beings. And a lot of times it's easy to point the finger as someone else kind of triggering us. And it was just a powerful acknowledgement of they're triggering your trigger. So it's not the person. What did they trigger within you that maybe you have not dealt with, healed from, or resolved in your life? That is the main message of this book. That's a good one. We'll add that to our ever-growing list. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, Jeff, I'm curious. A magical place that you visited in your life so far, and you just can't wait to go back, or you'd love to experience that again. Greece comes to mind when it comes to like, what a beautiful, magical place. But that has more impact for me are the two women's retreats that I've been on the last two years with friends of both of ours. And you were there with me on one of them, Tulum in Costa Rica. Yes, the place makes a difference and impact, but it was certainly the experience that I had in both of those places with the women I surrounded myself with. That's how we got to know each other more. We've known each other, but just such a deeper connection. There's a lot of fun story there with us venturing out and exploring the world together and finding our way back. Okay. So Jeff, I'd love to know a regular personal practice of yours that you just can't even imagine living without on the regular. I was introduced to the power of meditation five years ago from my first coach and our beloved friend, Des. And so I allow myself 15 minutes every morning to really just get still and be present and breathe and not allow my thoughts to become any more than they are. It really brings a calming vibe for me to start every single day. And so I know if there is a day that I miss, I can tell, I notice a difference. I'm right there with you. 
the people that used to work with me back then, they would never describe me as how I am now. Not the emotionally intelligent person that I feel like I get to show up as a lot, not always. Okay, so how about an experience that you had in your life and at the time was awful, terrible, all the things, but because of it, you're better now. I can say now that I've been blessed with two life-changing experiences in my life. With the loss of my mom at the age of 11 and then having a stroke at 34, which was six and a half years ago. So the work that I've done for myself and on myself these last six and a half years have allowed me to be able to say I'm grateful for those experiences. The lessons I've learned from just those two alone are enough to carry me through the rest of my life, no matter what I do today or tomorrow. And not only that, look at all the people that you impact because of those two experiences. One is how it's poured into you and grown you and continues to grow you, but the ripple that you have on so many people because of those. So thank you. And then Jeff, before we go, what is the best way that people can connect with you or anything that we wanted to follow up with? I know we mentioned the why and getting to know you in that way. What do we want to do as a sign off to connect with our listeners? I'm on LinkedIn every day. Jennifer Chapman, Mindset Coach, is how you can find me on LinkedIn. And then just on my website, justcommitcoaching.com. Connect with me there. We can set up a complimentary call. And if you're interested in exploring the why for yourself and or your team, I offer a complimentary why to potential decision makers that are interested in knowing themselves and their team on a deeper level. It's very powerful. Jeff, thank you so much for your time today. Unpacking why walking the walk is such an important thing for all of us. And I broke down, I think, six key takeaways. I had to narrow down my list of 10. So here we go. Number one, self-awareness is an ongoing practice. And first up, we have to be open to it. And there's a lot of work that goes into that to truly be open to receiving feedback and working on ourselves. Number two, walking the walk is a mix of personal check-ins and feedback from others. I think important to note, time with ourselves is really powerful. Number three, you must know you and believe in you and keep yourself healthy. When we do that, that's really building the core that allows us to take feedback, embrace feedback, work on ourselves, accept the shortcomings that we all have. Number four, Build on wins. There are always wins, even in the times that the numbers are down and the goals didn't go as planned. There are things to celebrate and build habits to celebrate the wins. Those wins build us. Number five, self-reflection and self-care is a priority, not a luxury. Consider some core questions that you ask yourself on a regular basis or questions that you pepper in every once in a while to really do deeper reflection time and prioritize on your calendar, meaning time block, time for self-care. That means time to think, time to meditate, time to work on your body, time to spend time with friends, whatever that is. Just breaking the belief that self-care is to be done when you're done with your to-do list, it's actually the other way, prioritizing it before all the to-do list is done. And finally, number six, knowing your why is crucial to this foundation of walking the walk and living your authentic, true, best self. And I know Jeff had mentioned the why discovery. That thing is a game changer. I highly recommend getting with her and checking that out. We'll see you next time. We 
just left the world a little bit better. Now, go do something with it.